Good morning. How are we doing? Doing good? I just I was walking in and somebody said to me, Pastor, it's loud in there. And I wanted to go, Really? I didn't know. I like loud music. Anybody else like loud music? Woo! And some of you are like, that's too loud. Well, well, well. Just so you know, it's a science. We're working on it. We know where we... But, but, but for those of you who think it's too loud, would you please hear this? There are just as many people, probably more, who think it's not loud enough. So, hey, we are going to bring it around here. And we, are, uh, we, we work to try to find that right spot. But making it loud makes people like you, or actually people like me who can't sing. See, I can sing really loud because you can't hear me. And it's awesome. Hey, um, I, I need my walker. I need my walker. I had a birthday. Thank you, Danny. The staff gave me this. I turned 40. Hey, uh, thank you guys. So many of you just blessed me and told me happy birthday. And uh, I got word out that I didn't want any gifts. I didn't need any gifts. And for those who felt most compelled to give me something, I got word out. Just, just give some monetary amount with a 40 in it, 40 cent, dollar 40, 10, 40, 40, 140, whatever, 1,040. No, seriously, seriously. No, you, you think, no, not for me. I, I, I got word out to give it and um, give it to either Charity Water which is an organization that provides clean drinking water for villages in Africa. People die without clean drinking water. And we were going to split it in half. Half of it goes to charity water and half of it goes to Kiria, Kenya, which is a village that this church has adopted. We went on a missions trip there last summer, and we're taking another one there this summer. And lots of, lots of money came in. And I just want to say thank you. You blessed people on my birthday, and I am so honored. But then I came in, and uh, the staff had this for me, and we've been having fun with it this week. Um, it, it even has a little horn if somebody's in your way. And then it's got these little sayings on it. Alert, creaky joint zone. I like this one. Caution, slow-moving bowels. Uh, here's one. Uh, danger, sagging body parts. Um, yes, I am 40. And uh, somebody asked me, how are you doing with that? I'm doing great with it. I'm doing great with it. They said, how are you doing great with that? That's easy, count your blessings. See, some people count calories and fat grams, and some of that's good, I know. I know, I know. But here, here's what you need to count, beloved. Count your thanksgivings. Count Ways in which you're blessed. You keep track with the number of times you say every day thanks to God or some person. It'll change the trajectory of your life. And life is good. And here's the real kicker. Not only can we give thanks for things that are here and life being good. But the beauty of if you're a believer is that the next side when we cross that river. When we pass from this world into the next. The beauty is this life doesn't even compare to what awaits us. Amen? Amen? And so God is good. Life is good. I'm so thankful. I'm so honored to be with you on my 40th birthday. I mean, seriously, I, um, I, I've said this before and it's true. I, I'm, like my plan, my vision in life is to stay here until I get so old. I, I, I can't even use a walker. And then I'm going to 
kick the casket open and I'm going to jump in and I'm going to cross to the other side and I'm just so honored to be able to serve you and love you and be your pastor. And uh, thank you for loving me back and thank you for all of your unbelievable gestures and love to me during this time. Hey, um, how do you transition to, from that to sex? Um, we're talking about sex today. Um, and uh, some of you are here because you heard that maybe. Um, let me go ahead and say this now. Now is a great time for me to say, like, if you've got kids in here, um, country, calm down. If you have kids in here, if you have kids in here, now is a great time for you to, to take them on out if you know what I mean. Um, this is always an adult-oriented worship service, so what's really cool is I look around, I don't see any, which is awesome. Um, golly, people are still just coming in. They're giving me the sign. Uh, if you can't, if you got any seats in between, you scoot over toward the center of the building so folks can come in, um, and, the, and the ushers can sit people on the outside. That's how they do it. They go to the outside, ideally. Thank you. Um, so adult-oriented worship celebration, talking about um, sex. If you've been here for a few weeks, you need to know that we, um, we're in a series called Fit to be Tied, Making Marriage Last a Lifetime. And um, you need to know that on week one, we talked about finding the one. And bless me, let me know if somebody remembers what I was talking about. Finding the one is who? God, you're awesome. And so we get in trouble when we start making our spouse number one. But God is number one, so finding our one, finding Jesus, finding our contentment, finding our peace, finding our hope in Christ. Finding our two was last week when we talked about finding our spouse who is under number one. And uh, both of those are at the Resource Center. I highly encourage you to check those out if you missed any of those. And this week, we're talking about sex. And uh, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to give a warm welcome to the community of faith over in Garner and the Internet community and and everybody checking this out. Um, We're going to talk about a subject that you don't hear talked about much in church. And we've done a lot of laughing in the last two weeks, and we've really come under the authority of Scripture, and God's been changing lives. But today, on the front end anyway, it's going to get serious um, because we're going to talk about good sex, and we're going to talk about bad sex. And you do, you do know that there are both. And uh, because I want to end with the good news today, let's talk about bad sex first. What do you say? And um, let's, let's pray first. Father, would you take our minds and think with them? Would you take our hearts and fill with them? Lord Jesus, take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. Amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 7. I know of no other passage in the Bible that actually um, gets at the good sex, bad sex thing better than this passage. 1 Corinthians 7, we're going to start in verses, uh, verse 2 and read through verse 5. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, say amen. Here we go. But since sexual immorality is occurring, so the the apostle starts out from the very beginning, bad sex is occurring, okay? This stuff isn't just for the 21st century. It, It goes back to the creation of humanity. Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. 
The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. Yes, the Bible is saying what you think it says there. Sex should be enjoyed and had between a married man and a married woman. And some of the guys are going, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Where is that again? Let me quote in 1 Corinthians 7 too, aren't you? The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. And some of you women just went, The claws just came out. You're ready to zap it to me. Hold tight. Easy. Easy. In the same way, hello, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. You see? You see? See? Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. The Bible is saying what, what you think it's saying, married people, that do not deprive your husband and your wife of sex. Sex is good. And if you're going to not have sex, don't blame it on a headache. Just say, hey, I'm going to pray a little bit. Okay? Okay? Then... <laughs> They come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay? Great, great passage of Scripture about the fact that there's bad sex, good sex, and sex is normal, sex is good, within the confines, listen, of a monogamous marriage between a man and a woman, sex is good. And God-honoring and sacred. Not as our culture has a tendency to portray sex. Not as our culture, and this is what just gets me so fired up, as some of our secular psychologists define sex. And as Hollywood defines sex. And as some therapists, sex therapists define sex. In our culture, what we see more than anything is not a sacred spirituality of sex, but rather a culture that is absolutely obsessed with lust and pornography. And I want to talk to you this morning about the two greatest dangers to a God-honoring marriage or to marriage in general. The two greatest dangers, take out your teaching notes. There's a place for you to write this in. It's right there by your Connect card. Tear that out. Grab that pen in front of you and pay close attention to what we're talking about today because this is very heavy, important stuff. Two of the greatest dangers, threats to growing a lifelong God-honoring marriage are pornography and sexless relations. Pornography and sexless relations. About a month or so ago, um, my wife and I, because we share our birthdays are real close to each other, about a month or so ago, my wife and I decided that uh, we were going to just treat one another to a little birthday gift. And so we boarded a plane and we went to Boston. And... um, I had always wanted to see the foliage, the leaves changing in Boston. She went to missions trips when she was a kid to Boston. I always heard about it, never been to Boston. And so we got on a plane, and we went to Boston. And we stayed in this beautiful little bed and breakfast. 
outside of Boston, right by Walden Pond. Now, for those of you who are history buffs or literature buffs, you know that Walden Pond was the pond around which David Henry Thoreau did most of his writings. And there were all kind of quotes by him, and they even had a little makeshift house where, where he lived right there on the pond. Beautiful pond. We walked it one day, held hands, and walked around. It was just beautiful. And we saw this little place. And I saw this quote by Thoreau. And, and, and as soon as I read it, I thought about this subject matter today, i.e. pornography. Thoreau said this, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. From the desperate city you go into the desperate country and have to console yourself. A stereotyped but unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called the games and amusements of mankind. I know of no greater area of desperation in our culture. And come on, come on, let's just keep it real up in here and in here. I know of no greater desperation in the sexual realm than the issue of pornography. It's destroying us. It's destroying our relationships. It's destroying our minds. It's destroying our hearts. It's destroying our souls. And for many of you, it's destroying your marriage. And I want to talk very, very straightforwardly about it today. And some of you are like, well, I didn't know that was a problem. Let me wake you up. Pornography is a $10 billion annual industry in the United States. That's billion with a B, beloved. With the explosion of the internet-based pornography, the average age for first contact with porn for males has dropped from 11 to 5. Raw data, stats here, guys. One-fifth of American adults, one-fifth, that's one, two, three, four, you. One, two, three, four, you. One, two, three, four, you. One-fifth. Of American adults, as many as 40 million visit sexually oriented websites weekly, leading many into compulsive behavior. 18% of respondents who are married visit church sites, almost the same percentage who called themselves born again Christians. It's tearing us apart. And some of you are here, and it's ripping at your soul. And you're addicted to it. And as your pastor, I want to say something very important before I just talk about a few things that pornography does to us. But hear me out here before I talk about that. Hear me out. Listen, listen. God loves you. And you matter to God. You matter to God so much that he died on a cross for you. And there is victory over this if you will take the steps to get free. The Bible says if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. God is a bondage breaker. Amen, church? And if you're into this, here's what I know. I know it's not working out too good for you. 
I know that what happens is you get into this and it's an addiction. It's a compulsion. And every time you do it, you get mad at the pornography. And every time you do it, you get mad at yourself and you feel disgusted. And you let yourself down. And intuitively, I don't have to preach it. See, the beauty of this is I don't have to convince you that it's wrong. Intuitively, you just know it's wrong. And you're like, how can I get out of it? You can get out of it. I promise you. And we'll talk about that at the end. But you matter to God. And the very fact that He woke you up this morning and breathed into you the breath of life tells me, and I hope it tells you, He's not done with you yet. Pornography. Pornography. Here's what I want to talk about. It is addicting and it shatters the life of continual users. I'm going to fly through this. I wish I could stay on each of these. Each of these could be a message. But listen, guys, I've got to get to the good sex. Amen? So let's talk about the bad sex. I will do a series maybe one day on pornography. Pornography is addicting and it shatters the lives of continual users. One man wrote this in a letter. True letter, guys. I am an emotional and sexual invalid. I am crippled by my addiction to pornography. It paralyzes my spiritual life. It perverts my view of the world. It distorts my social life. It wreaks havoc in my emotional stability. It renders me, listen, oh my Lord, listen, it renders me useless sexually and destroys any possibility of God using me, but I can't stop. He goes on to say, lust eats me up, yet I'm never satisfied. Pornography simply intensifies my problem. It promises everything and it delivers nothing. That's why when you get done with it, you feel terrible. And that's why it, it, it actually undermines sexuality. I'll get to this in just a moment. But guys, once you train your body and train your mind, athletes know this. Athletes get good at something by doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Training their mind, training their body. Once you get addicted on pornography and you do it over and over and over and over again, you train your body and therefore you are not able to be aroused or, listen men, be at your peak experience. Because you've torn the sexuality that God has placed in you to be within the confines of a monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. You have torn that to threats. And you're wasted sexually. Second thing it does, second thing it does. Pornography assaults the dignity of women. Now, women, I need to say this now. What's unfortunate is that women are starting to do pornography at a growth rate as men. In our culture, you know, women end up doing everything that men eventually do. And I think women should be able to do a lot. You know that. I'm an inclusive kind of person. I believe in women. And I believe they've had their time in history where they've been oppressed and put down. But sometimes women, in your desire to do everything that a man does, you end up doing some things that men do that men shouldn't do, nor should you. And pornography is now starting to rip at women. But back to my point. It assaults, by and large, the dignity of women. It will assault men. I know that too in, in some pornographic circles. But it assaults the dignity of women. There's an obvious assault to the dignity of women by showing women, listen, being seduced and stripped and handled like stinking farm animals. It assaults the beauty of a woman 
that God has created her in God's image. Almost every pornographic site or, or, or magazine or, or show on television depicts women as having a kind of insatiable desire for sex. One sex, one sex, one sex after another. And what this does is that creates this, this date rape myth that we see in our culture whereby men are stalking around in our culture and they bought into the lie that women are just objects of sex and therefore they think women constantly want sex and it is a lie straight from the pits of hell. And as a father of a 13-year-old daughter, this kind of stuff worries me. That there are men stalking around that, that have bought into this lie that women are nothing but objects of sex, nothing but a piece of meat. And again, it's sin. It's a lie. Straight from the pits of hell. Is it any wonder why men who are sick and perverted think when a woman says no, she means yes? Pornography undermines, this is key, and then we're going to start to move on. Pornography undermines the physical relationship in a marriage. It undermines it, guys. It, 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 it's becoming popular in our culture, so popular, that viewing pornography in a marital context will add a little, this is what they tell you, a little vitality, a little spice to your sexual relations. I remember watching a, 20, a show on 2020. Y'all know that show that comes on, on on Friday nights, I think it is. 2020 did a show not long ago, and, and there, there, were, there were secular psychologists and sex therapists on 2020 telling people, telling married people to add pornography into the sexual relationship so that they add a little spice and vitality to their relationship. One woman told me, no, true story, my husband can't have sex with me unless there's a magazine on our nightstand that he can look at while we're having sex. It undermines the physical relationship over an extended period of time it might arouse you listen it might stimulate you in the beginning but over a period of time god designed marital sexual relationships between a man and a woman to come out of an intimate relationship where there's nurturing and communication and serving and tenderness and romance, sex is to come out of those kinds of, of boundaries and parameters. And when it comes out of this lust, overindosed, pornographic crap, it ends up undermining one's ability, men and women, to actually have God-honoring sex with their spouse. In other words, guys, it's, it's a phony. It's not half as good as God designed sex to be. It's like having an incredible gourmet meal planned for the evening and snacking all day long so you don't even, you're not even hungry for your meal. It's so void. It's so empty. It's why when you do it, you, you feel terrible. Contrarily speaking, good sex 
I'm talking good sex between a man and a woman in marriage where it's wrapped in tenderness and romance and sharing and communication. Good sex will make every endorphin in your body just flood your whole body and will make every cell in your body stand to attention and grab the hand of the cell beside it and say, Hallelujah! It's, it's, it's counterfeit. It's sin. And it's found wanting. And for those of you who are here and you're like, man, you know, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know about all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I got a scripture for you guys. Very, very important. Be careful. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Be very careful if you're thinking, oh, I'd never behave like that. Let this be a warning to you, for you too may fall into what? Don't flirt with it. It can hook you. It can addict you. It can eat your lunch and destroy you and your marriage and the God-honoring sexuality that God has placed within you. Don't flirt with it. The Bible says elsewhere in Corinthians, Paul says, Flee! Run! From sexual immorality. This is powerful stuff. And one more verse of Scripture for those of you who are here and you're like, you're into it. Again, there's freedom in Christ. If the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. There is victory in Christ. I'll circle back up on that at the end. So let's talk about good sex. What do you say? Amen? Let's talk about good sex. Um, the beauty of this today is I am so thankful um, that I don't have to talk about it. Um, Mark Gunger, who is an amazing speaker, he was our speaker at our retreat last weekend. Mark Gunger is an amazing communicator. He speaks on marriage. And I grabbed him last week on the stage, and I'm like, man, that was so good. Why do I need to say it when you just said it so well? Hey, can I use that next weekend? And they have copyright laws that say he wasn't supposed to say yeah, but he said, sure, no problem, use it. And so I'm going to show you a, a video clip. It's about 15 minutes long. Grab your pen and take notes. This is good. He's going to give you an artwork lesson in anatomy. I want you to draw it on your teaching notes. Seriously. Draw it. It's good. And then he speaks to single people, particularly you single women or divorced women. And he talks about the sacredness of your body and saving that. Guys, this is good. Lean in, lean forward. And when he's done, I will come back and wrap us up today. Here we go. I want to show you something. In no other area... Men's brains and women's brains. Do men and women think more differently than in this area of sex? And uh, we'll get into it in a lot more detail tomorrow. But uh, I want to sh show you something here that I think will be of great interest to you. Give my lovely assistant a hand. Now, sex is a, is, a, is a pretty big issue, particularly for men. Uh, for us, our sexual interest peaks at about age 18. 
and then goes down from there. So if you were to, to chart it out, it would look like something like this. It, it peaks at about age 18 uh, and then goes down. important for women to understand when it comes to this area we're no longer driven so much by our brains or by our hearts but it's by a chemical it's called testosterone and it runs through our blood <laughs> it runs through our blood and it drives us crazy if you girls knew how much this drove us crazy you'd be more disgusted with us than you are right now. <laughs> we downplay it, man. And, and this, I'm telling you, and, and as funny as this little chart is, and, and as true as it is for so many men, uh, if for some reason as a man ages, his testosterone levels begin to decline, his interest in sex will start to decline. And if, it, if, if his testosterone level drops dramatically, his interest will go way down. Same head same heart, same guy, and now he's not interested in sex. You treat that man, and it's very easy to do, uh, with testosterone supplements, and boom, he's the same wild man you married. Same head, same heart, same guy, now he's... <laughs> Come here, baby. All right? So this is not because we're sickos, it's not because we're perverts, it's not because we're broken. God wired us this way, and he did it on purpose. Well, what was that purpose? <laughs> I'm going to show you in a minute, but you just need to really understand this. And, and the truth is, when we get this rush of testosterone, it, it just messes with us. Now, for the love of God, don't raise your hands. But... <laughs> Most men will admit that we usually receive a testosterone rush usually very early in the morning. And for no reason at all. just wakes us up just <sighs> we're not thinking about anything all right and that's usually when a man reaches over and whispers those three words every woman loves to hear hey you wait We'll be talking more about that tomorrow, okay? All right, so why, why, does, why does God wire men this way, okay? Now, to explain this, I need to do an anatomy lesson, okay? Y'all okay? 
Hey, Aunt Margaret, he's going to draw pictures. <laughs> It'll be okay. We'll, we'll keep it clean, okay? Now, we'll call this the girl's heart. And in the interest of keeping everything at least PG-13, we will refer to this as the place of happiness. come up to me recently and she goes, man, I can't even go to Walmart anymore. Smiley faces all over the place. She's like, ah, 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 God. Now, at some fundamental level, this is every man's basic interest in a woman. It's true. It's true. Now, women say, well, that's terrible. That's there. shouldn't be about that. should be about companionship and fellowship and sharing. Girls, if your husband was interested in companionship, fellowship, and sharing, he'd have gotten a golden retriever. He's interested in this, and he's supposed to be. That's the way God wired men. But what men fail to understand is the key to this is this. And if a man successfully touches this, she gives him the green light, and now he can touch this. <laughs> drive, guys, is God's way of constantly reminding a man, and it keeps coming back, it like never stops, you know, just, uh, on average, a man will feel the need for sexual release on about every 72 hours, that's every three days, uh, some more, some less, my husband's every 72 minutes, but, uh, <laughs> that's your problem, but anyway, uh, but seriously, the reason that keeps coming back is to motivate the man, be nice to the girl. It's not so you can just go, hey, you like? <laughs> Are you hearing me? A lot of guys do that. As soon as they feel the buzz, they're just reaching for the girl. Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. Don't be a moron. She won't want to come here. The reason that buzz hits you again, remember, oh, be nice to the girl. 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 I gotta be nice to the girl. And 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 this is what motivates me. I I, I try to be nice to my wife. And and I'll I spend time with her and I take her to lunch every day and I'll take her shopping and well, Pastor Mark, do you like going shopping? No, I hate it. You know, she drops me off at the bench with all the old guys and I sleep with them. Yes. And she comes, picks me up, drops me off at another bench. 
You say, well, if you don't like it, then why do you do it? I'll tell you why. Because I want some of this. I'm no idiot. You got to be nice to the girl. You got to be attention to the girl. And, and really, single women. I don't know, you know how many single women are watching this, but inevitably there's, there's single women here, and that's great, and, and a lot will be watching this. But, you know, when a woman gives a man this before marriage, she is a nitwit of astronomical proportions. That's a, you, you would never build a house and pay the contractor in advance. Are you hearing me? Getting, if you're going to build a $250,000 house, and, and which here in Phoenix will get you a, a, a one-bedroom with nothing. Uh, <laughs> man, I got a huge condo on a lake in Wisconsin for two fifty. dollars man. I'm telling you, here you got nothing. But anyway, you, 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 you wouldn't pay the guy in advance and give him, here, here's the two hundred fifty grand. Do you know why? The house will never get done on time. He'll never do what he's promised to do. Why? Because it's just the nature of human beings. You pay them as they hit certain marks, certain things are accomplished, you finish it, you finish him some more, some more, and then you wait till everything's right, and then you close. Why? Because that's the way people are wired. If you were just to give it to him, you would be a nitwit, a moron. That's what women are doing today. They're coughing this up front, which is every man's basic fundamental interest in a woman. You've already given him everything he wants. And then they sit around and say, well, aren't you going to marry me? Aren't you going to spend more time with me? Aren't you going to... <laughs> no, he's not. Why won't... Because you're an idiot. That's why I don't do that. Give him that thing. You make that bar. Earn it. There ain't no ring. You ain't getting the thing. Is what you need to tell him. No, seriously, girl, I don't know why. There's something that really happened in the female culture. I, th I think it's because of the women's lib thing. And they think, well, now we can go out and we can be as sexual as men and stuff like that. But they are fighting against their own interests. There are millions of women in America today that are so frustrated. They can never get this. They can never get this. You know why? Because they're dumb. I'm serious. I don't mean it in a mean way, but they're doing a dumb thing, like just coughing this up to every guy that comes along, thinking that it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Now, every woman's basic interest in a man is this. What a lot of women fail to recognize is the key to this is this. <laughs> And if you touch that, he gives you the green light, and you can touch this. <laughs> so I thought you said women weren't supposed to do that. Outside of marriage, inside of marriage, you've got to work it this way. Outside of marriage, you defeat yourself. But inside of marriage, you have to realize this is a very important deal. It is. It's huge. A lot of women treat this like it shouldn't, like a side issue. It shouldn't. It is not a side issue in marriage. It is the central issue. It truly is. And I'm going to really explain this in greater detail tomorrow. You get this right, 
Things will flow a lot better in your life. You try and discard this. Oh, it shouldn't be about that. He shouldn't be interested in sex. No, he's a pig. <laughs> you are fighting now against your own interest doing it that way. You've got to be smart about this, girls. The key to this boy's heart. You know, they used to say when I was growing up that the key, the, the key to a man's heart was his stomach. Uh, but they were about six inches too high. <laughs> And, and this is important. I've got to tell you girls, if it weren't for this, we probably really wouldn't deal with y'all. <laughs> I, I know that sounds terrible, but I'm just telling you like it is. You know, you take that out of me, we just, I don't think we'd go through the trouble, honestly. This is a game you've got to let him know he can win with you. And we'll talk more about this in detail tomorrow. But the crazy thing about it, see, is the key to what you want, here's the door. And for the guys, for what you want, here's the door. And it is the perfect standoff. It is the ultimate standoff. People say, why did, what was God thinking? People say it to me all the time. What, what was God, this is exactly what God was thinking. The key to you getting what you want is to give your spouse what they want. Now it's not easy. And you'll sometimes you'll mess up sometimes, you know, but you gotta constantly work for this. You can't all of a sudden disregard this. Some guys, you know, they, they never pay attention to the girl. They're never nice to the girl. And wonder how can they never get any sex? Well, I never get any sex. How come? Because you're an idiot. For crying out loud, be nice to the girl. You've got to touch her heart. That's your key. But a lot of guys say, you know, well, I, I told you I loved you once. <laughs> if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> I wonder how come I'm not getting any sex. Well, because you're just blowing it. You're blowing it. And girls, same thing with you. The key to this is this area here. Don't, don't, don't dismiss this. If you guys will flow in this thing, it works and it's great and it's extremely powerful. It is the most powerful thing God ever designed to connect two people. And we'll get into it in a lot more detail tomorrow. Thank you, Mark Gunger, if you're watching this. Golden. Don't miss it, guys. Don't miss it, ladies. I love what he said there at the end. That the key to good sex, the key to good marriage, is giving your spouse what he or she wants and not always thinking about what you want. Application. I always like to give you something to do. Application. How, how, do, you, how do you wrap all this up? How, how do you apply this? Um, guys, number one, application. Confess your sexual sin and repent. We've been having to talk a lot about that here lately. We, we're not a church that waters down the truth. We're a church that, that comes under the authority of Scripture. And sin is still sin. 
And last week we talked about holiness in the midst of sexuality. And for those of you who are here, kind of going back to what we talked about in the beginning, pornography and bad sex. Those of you who are wrapped up in that, you need, you need to confess it. You need to repent of it. Turn from it. And you need to come clean on it. See, the reason pornography is so destructive is, is because it normally finds men, sometimes women, like I said, but normally finds men holed up in a, in a hotel in some city or in a corner of the house while everybody else is sleeping in front of a stinking computer screen, something that God can redeem and use for good. It blows my mind that computers can be used for Christ, but they can also be used for this sin straight from the pits of hell. And the reason it's so powerful is we, we, we hunker down by ourselves in the shadows and we're addicted to this stuff and it's wrecking us, and I just want to say to you, if that's you, you probably will not defeat it on your own. There's something powerful, and I can't fully explain it, but there's something powerful when a person understands their sin, and they confess it, and they uncover it with somebody or some people that they love and that love them. Jesus said no one lights a lamp and puts it on a nightstand and puts a bushel over it. He said instead we light a lamp and we we uncover it. Again, I can't explain it, but there's something powerful. Particularly with men. Men, listen. Particularly with men and particularly with sexual sin. There's something powerful when men come together with other men that they respect and that they trust or with a solid Christian counselor or sexual therapist or whatever that they trust and they uncover this stuff. And they confess it in public with that person or two. I'm not talking about from a street corner. But they do business with it with others. There's something powerful about that band of brothers that that comes from that. Confess it and repent of that, please. And we are here to help you. You might not feel comfortable coming to us. That's cool. But if you are comfortable approaching a pastor or a staff person or me, we will usher you to the place where you can get help. I promise you that. Single people who might not be wrapped up in pornography, but you are wrapped up in sex. And when he was just speaking about that, oh, my Lord, ladies, please, I hope you pay close attention. You are jacking yourself up when you start giving away your sexuality before marriage. You're undermining the beauty of, of marriage and what God has reserved. You, you're, you're, you're working against yourself. And what I know that I know, and God just spoke it to me as I sat over there and I heard everybody laughing, but I, I had a good angle of the whole crowd. There were a lot of people, they were laughing. But beneath the laughter, you could see it. They're like, oh man. I've blown it. Women in here, I've blown it. Why did I go giving that away? Confess it. Repent. It's okay. You can walk out of here today completely forgiven. Jesus said, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You can walk out of here completely forgiven. And you can reclaim that sacred part of your body. That sacred part of who you are. You can reclaim that till, till you say, I do, and until death do you two apart. Today is a new day, beloved. Confess, repent. And guys, you shouldn't be pressuring them for it. Guys, you grow in Christ. The last kind of woman you want to be with is a woman who's going to give you that before marriage. 
Ladies, there are guys out there like this. There are. I realize they might be hard to find, but there are guys who are so in love with God and so in love with with understanding what He wants for their life and is so submissive to the authority of Scripture. There are guys out there that they would not want to be with you if you wanted to give them that first. Confess your sexual sin and repent. Number two, unmarried people abstain from sex and pornography and save your sexuality for God-honoring marriage. God-honoring marriage between a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. Save yourself. Amy Lynn and I did, and it was not always easy. Best thing we ever did. Best thing we ever did. And number three, I never thought I'd say this. I was going to say it as a benediction later, but but here it is. Married men and women have great sex. How's that for church? You go home today and your neighbor says, what did your pastor talk about at church? He told us to go have great sex. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? Have great sex. Have great sex. It is God-honoring. It is beautiful. It is sacred. And you, you you know what hacks me off? And I thought about this this week. What bothers me is that Christians, see, see, one of the reasons why I think the church is in such a mess is because the church never talked about this kind of stuff. See, most of you, I'd say 99.9% of you came from churches where the last thing you would ever hear in church is the word sex. Right? You're shaking your head. Absolutely. we, We never talked about it. And when we don't talk about it, guess what? Our kids and we ourselves get all our messages from secular society. So the church should be talking about it. And this is what I thought about this week. Man, if the church had been talking about this, How's this for a vision for you? If the church had been talking about this, if we talk about this and we get this right, just imagine the church could be known for the best sex in town. I mean, I love that. I'm serious. Wouldn't it be cool if there were unchurched, de-churched skeptics out there who said all the time, you know, I'm not sure about those Christians. I don't like them. Sometimes they come off a little judgmental. Sometimes they come off a little mean-spirited. But man, they got some good sex. What time are those services? I mean, you know, wouldn't it be great if the church was known for marriages that went the distance and churches were known for men and women in marriage who had the best sex the world has to offer? I mean, guys, praise and worship would go to a whole nother level up in here. Ladies, men have a hard time worshiping God if they are sexually dissatisfied. It sounds weird, but it's true. You make the man happy on Saturday night, you'll have some men up in here praising God on Sunday morning. <laughs> men, you touch your heart. You be nice to the girl, you touch your heart on Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and on and on and on. And you will have the sacred sexuality, or as I like to call it, the spirituality of sexuality, the sacred sex that God intended and designed for you and for me. So have great sex. Work on it. Don't forget the anatomy art. Work on it. And have great sex. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Father, we love you today. I thank you that... Um, Thank you for who you are, God. I thank you that your word just speaks to us. It, it speaks to us and makes it clear, God, how we're to live. I don't know where we would be, Father, if we didn't have your word to instruct us and teach us and guide us on these important issues. Father, I want to pray for every single person in here. God, I know that there are people here today who they've just blown it. <laughs> they blew it last night. There are marriages here, Father, and, and this series and this retreat that we had last weekend is the, is the one and only thing that's given them any glimmer of hope that they can actually make it. They were about to throw in the towel, and, and yet you've come in at just the right time, and you're changing lives, and you're forgiving sin. Father, I just pray. I pray that every single person would heed your word. God, if, if I've spoken anything or if Mark Gunger has spoken anything that's not of you, would you let it fall by the wayside? But Father, those things that we've spoken that have been from you, grounded in your word, grounded in your truth, would you allow those things, Lord, just to, to indelibly mark our minds and our hearts and our bodies and our sexuality? Father, I know of no greater day in the year this year where the extent of our sin would need to be confessed than a day like today when we talk about this. It is the one area, Father, that we struggle with the most in this westernized world, this 21st century where we are bombarded day in and day out, Father, with messages of lust. <laughs> I mean, God, we, we walk through our malls in America and we see pornography. And as a man, speaking on behalf of all the other men in here, God, it's hard. We know with you all things are possible. You said, Lord Jesus, with you all things are possible. With man it is impossible. Matthew 19. But with you all things are possible. Break the bonds today, Father God. Help men do the right thing and, 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 and find those other men and that help that they need to uncover this area if they're struggling. Right now, Lord, we confess our sin. We have fallen short of the glory of God and we need your grace. Forgive us, God. Father, for the women in here, and they just they have so much regret. They have so much regret, and, and many of them were never taught truth. What blows my mind, God, as I continue to teach these things these days, many people are hearing them for the very first time. God, let, never let that be the case with our children here. Let this be a church that teaches our children about morality and purity and sexual boundaries. But for those, Father, who are here, and they never got that, and they're hearing this for the very first time, there is unbelievable regret, unbelievable sadness. And the relational garbage that litters the landscape of our past lives is just ugly. Father, would you let the women here 
who feel like that, who feel like garbage today, would you let them know that you love them? Would you let them know that they are beautiful? Would you let them know that you are great at taking the ashes and the brokenness of our lives and building something beautiful? Would you let them know that the weight of their sin can be cast to the sea as far as the east is from the west and that they can rise from this place today and man, woman, divorced, single person, we can rise from this place today, Father God, renewed, forgiven, white as snow. Though our sin be like scarlet, with you, Father God, it is white as snow. It is forgiven when we approach you. And in humble, honest brokenness and confession and a contrite spirit, you are amazing. You forgive. You sustain. You redeem. You restore. And that we can walk out of these doors, Father God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. even go and sin no more. Be our vision, Lord. Not the lust, not the pornography, not the sexual sin, but you, Lord Jesus, and you alone be our vision. This we pray.